Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. And this is episode 32, and it is Listener's Sexy Questions Answered. So we did this once before where we took listeners' questions and we answered them. And we get some really good questions here at the Love Lab podcast. (laughs) And we love to have audience participation. So we thought uh, uh, we would take a little time this week to answer some more of those questions. Yeah, and that's really exciting. And, you know, I have to say that um, I wanted to get Kevin in the mood. You know, we do record, um, it's actually, we record every Monday morning our wonderful episodes. And, you know, some Mondays it's easier than others. And, um, you know, I was trying to get him to really get in the mood. I said, let me give you a little blue job before we start. You know that he actually took a rain check. <laughs> I said, this is going on the air. <laughs> can't believe. Well, you know, as much as I love your blowjobs, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you will agree, it's extremely rare that I would turn down a blowjob. Um, uh, just looking at the actual physical reality of life and how long it will take to record and edit and post this. And then this is actually only one small fraction of the amount of work I have to do today. Yeah, I, I realized that like if this day is going to happen without me working until the wee hours of the evening, then I'm going to have to take a rain check. <laughs> well, you have it there. It did happen. He did say no to it. And that is a rain check. But I'm still utterly motivated about it. And I'm super excited. We have some really good questions. And uh, some of the questions, uh, let me share with you one is from our listener, Mano. And Mano said, Dear Kevin and Celine, I have one question. I'm living with my boyfriend of two years and I have so much more libido than my partner. But the problem is that I need to initiate sex every time and that makes me crazy i feel like i'm the masculine like in my masculine energy when i need to do it his excuse is shyness i say it a lot of time how i feel but he just closes down more and doesn't want to speak about it much also we've never had spontaneous sex what should i do thank you This is a great question because we yeah. talk about these topics all the time. So one of the big things that you and I teach is, is you know, don't wait to be in the mood to have sex, mm-hmm. like just have sex. And so there's all these things that we teach that kind of go along with that or like, how do you really get it initiated? How do you get it started if you're not necessarily in the mood? And so when reading this question, I was really thinking that a lot of those things that we teach apply here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first question that came, I have a question to the question, which was, would you rather um, have sex and initiate or would you rather not and be frustrated because you didn't initiate and you didn't get sex? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's a great question, right? So if if you know that when you initiate, he will actually respond and have sex then all you have to do is ask for what you want and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a much bigger 
uh, sort of personality trait. Like mm-hmm. you sort of need to ask yourself, how do you go through life? Mm-hmm. Do you go through life all the time waiting for things to come to you? Or do you actively take steps to get them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I have been in relationships where I had to initiate more. And so I can really relate to that in terms of like, hey, is that really fully feminine that I'm the one who wants it or goes for it? And, you know, it's not so much about who does what. It's more about how you do it. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. So the process of initiating is not necessarily masculine or feminine. It's all in how you initiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even if we look at our own relationship, I kind of feel like I'm the one who initiates more. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, but what is it like a uh, 55-45 split? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. I think I do a little bit more, but it's not like you still like you do give sex signals in terms of like, okay, you'll come and grope me. So I still feel desired and I still feel wanted by you. So in that question, it's like, do you have places where your partner is like letting you know how much he wants you and desires you? Because if you don't, then I can get it. Like, okay, he's not reaching out for me to have sex. He's not initiating it. He's not letting me know that um, I turn him on. Then yes, that can get a little bit heavy. Uh, So having a discussion around like things that would work for you and one of the things too that I really want to 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 bring out is when you communicate with a man and this is really big big answer here that I that I want to share but it's like okay you cannot be constantly telling him what he's doing wrong because a man wants to be your hero a man wants to for you to be happy. And there's things that he might be doing and things he he can't do. Maybe it's not his personality to initiate. Maybe he's got trauma and blockages. You're just going to have to love him for who he is without having to like constantly being on his case that he's not doing it right. Now, giving him positive reinforcement is going to work much better than complaining. The complaining is not making you go anywhere. And even if you look at it in any different things in your life, right? If you, like, let's say you've got kids and uh, you want them to pick their socks up from the floor and put them in a hamper, like, is the fact that you're constantly complaining that their room is messy and the socks are on the floor going to get them to do it? No. No, right? Never did for me. (laughs) Right? So, like, what motivated you? Maybe when you were told you were a good boy. (laughs) And not that you have to say good boy uh, in the relationship there. But when you focus on the appreciation and when you focus on the things that that he does right. And I know that on my end, when I have a behavior that's being encouraged that, that somebody likes, I tend to do it more. And so if that's how you focus on it and you want to give him that positive reinforcement anytime that he does something that's close to what you want, he and, and then you shift from removing from the criticism, he might be able to start to take action. Possibly. You know, one of the things that Mano mentions in her question is that uh, he claims it's because he's shy. Mm-hmm. Well, so if he's telling you the reason why he's not initiating 
Well, think about ways to help him with that. How can you help him be less shy? How can you encourage him that it's okay? How can you create situations that work for people who are shy? So if we take this away from the sex realm for a minute and we move it into, say, a party realm, right? So your partner happens to be shy at parties and doesn't, you know, really feel comfortable going to parties because they're shy. Well, how can you make that party-going experience better for them? Well, one thing is you can maybe take them to parties that are smaller, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, maybe, you know, a party with 100 people and pounding music uh, where they have to really project and go out of their way to have conversations with people, maybe that's not the best environment for them, right? So that's one potential solution. Another one is, hey, maybe you don't abandon them at the party where they're on their <laughs> own and trying to make conversation. And maybe you say, hey, just just stick with me. I'll start conversations. And then, you know, you can, you can join in, right? So just using that as an example. So if he's got shyness issues in the bedroom, how can you create an environment and a situation that makes him feel comfortable enough to do it? Mm-hmm. I love that, Kevin. I think it's awesome. So it comes back down to communication is lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> and not pointing the finger, but like I love this like co-creation of something like what would it take? You know, like the, the result is I want us to feel close, to feel connected, to have passionate sex. And what is it that you need? And then it's like I'm willing to give that to you. Yeah, and just to add, you know, I, I kind of started this question with, you know, the idea that a lot of the things that we teach are applicable here. So what I meant by that was, you know, we've done episodes on intimacy before, during, and after, mm-hmm. right? And all of those tips that we've already previously given you about creating intimacy before are ways to encourage your partner to initiate more sex, mm-hmm. the whole constant state of arousal, mm-hmm. you know, the groping, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cock grabbing, like all these things that we teach are also applicable here. If he's shy, make him feel comfortable about sex mm-hmm. by you know, having that sort of juicy, sexy environment all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it really does start with you. So Manu, we loved your question. We're so, um, so happy you're listening and you, you, you submitted a question. We wish you the best of luck in applying everything. Um, and really stay in your pleasure when you do that. Remember, because a woman who's in her turn on and pleasure is like a magnet to men. And the more pleasure you can have, the more pleasure you'll feel in your life. And hey, Don't we just all want that? And let us know how it turns out. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next question comes from Tatiana. Um, So this is a very uh, deep question here. So Tatiana says, I've been suffering from vulvar vestibulitis syndrome for seven years, uh, which had me develop vaginismus. And I struggle more and more to get aroused because I know it's always going to be painful or kind of uncomfortable. Do you have tips on making peace with sex when you suffer from sexual pain? Also, I switched from hating my pussy for hurting me to taking care of it because it's suffering. But sometimes I feel like I'm less of a woman, like I'm incomplete, which hurts my soul and takes a toll on my already low self-confidence. Can you please give some advice on maybe how to feel feminine and sexy, even though your vagina can't work like it's supposed to? Wow. Well, first of all, Tatiana, thank you for your vulnerability. I mean, just sharing that and and putting 
those into words is huge and, and being willing to be seen with that. Um, and I know that anytime there's pain and discomfort in the lovemaking, it's really difficult. And, and there's like challenges. So having physical challenges and let's first address that before we get into the mental piece. Okay. Um, so for those of you who, uh, don't really know here what we're talking about, the literal translation of vulvodynia means vulvar pain. Okay. So that means that there's discomfort, especially when there's arousal and when there's intercourse or any insertion, whether it's like a, a tampon or anything like that. And so some of the things here we got to remember is that we're not separate from our bodies. And when our bodies, kind of, it's a cry for help, right? So when our bodies experience pain and discomfort, it could be like, hey, give me attention. Hey, I, I want love. Um, anytime we have a type of like inflammation in the body and, and that, there's often a lot of anger. And like, in what ways are you like not, or, or are you suppressing anger in your life? In what ways are you really not listening to your body? And because also whatever you do in, in your life can affect how you feel in your body, um, when it comes to vestibulitis, it could also be caused by certain things that you do. For example, if you do, if you take um, the pill, or if you had um, a surgery, like a removal of your ovaries, or even like chemotherapy, even if it's in your breasts, or, or if you have anything with endometriosis, or hormonal treatments, or going like, you know, things for acne or menopause. So basically anything that's very linked with the hormones level in your body. And there's been evidence that showed that the vulvar vestibule needs adequate levels of both estrogen and testosterone. So those levels are frequently altered with the medications or the treatments that I mentioned earlier. So are you taking something outside of yourself or have you had any of those things? Because maybe focusing the route of like getting some help around your hormones, going to see somebody like a naturopath doctor or, an, or even a acupuncture or like a real like hormone specialist that could help you through like natural ways to bring those into balance. The other thing that I want to address is that when it comes to pain is about pelvic floor dysfunction. And um, if you have like a, a really hypertonic, which means like really tight, and we talked about that a little bit in our uh, previous episode of um, vaginal, uh, like what was like with all like vaginal related ideas, and we talked about vaginismus and, and pain here. And that's a chronic tension that you keep in your muscle and more specifically in your levator and eye. And so it's about learning how to release that deep tension. Some some people put tension in their shoulders, in their lower back, and maybe ever put it in their perineum, in their pussies, and that's learning, okay, this is my weak spot. If you have chronic tension, you need to do like physical therapy to learn to release and like contract and release, like really like that relaxation. And so you can integrate different things in terms of some of my favorite things to do that I do teach women are, for example, the JDAG practice is a fantastic, fantastic practice that you can integrate to uh, repattern your DNA in terms of like 
you never pushing thing like if it's painful and uh you are also retraining the body in terms of like being able to relax to contract um so really working with a specialist there that can help you really find the connections there in in your pussy and so that's kind of like looking at the physical part of it. I want to say that also doing anything like the Yoni steams with the heat can help a lot. Using warm compresses. So these are like all different tips on the physical. And then I wanted to, and I'm really curious, by the way, to hear Kevin's, like he's really sitting here being really, really quiet. I'm going to, I'm going to have his opinion, but I want to get into the mindset here too, um, because there was something really powerful here that Tatiana mentioned around her femininity, right? And so it's always an inner job. And I know we say that a lot and in everything that we do. And so just because like, you know, a woman who has uh, breast cancer or had had breast removal is still a woman. And it's like, how do you connect with that? Being a woman just doesn't mean like having a pussy in that sense. It's like it has a lot to do with also the energy and different different things that you do. So you can't just define yourself for like, oh, I have this pain. Also, are you constantly associating? Is that the story in your head? Like I have painful intercourse, I have a painful vagina, because if that's all you have in your head then um that's the reality you're experiencing so how can you look for ways of like wow okay my my vagina is feeling a little bit better or when i put this soothing cream or when i i chant to my pussy or whatever that is right it's like like you need to start changing the dialogue as well and i know at times it's hard because when you're down in the hole and having to look for the positive is really difficult but you need to start to start planting those little seeds of like feeling good and so what I'm curious about, I'd love to ask Kevin, um, as a, as a guy, like, what's your opinion? If you were with, with a woman who had pain during intercourse, like, you know, how would that affect you? I mean, would you still want to be in a relationship with somebody like that? Like just, yeah, let us know. Well, from a guy's point of view, you know, if a woman's having pain during intercourse, you know, all we really want to do is figure out like, how can we make it so that it's not painful? Mm. Right. So, um, you know, if it's if it's a long term chronic thing that doesn't seem to ever really get resolved, you know, if we're not having our needs met, that could be a problem. But short of that, it's like, yeah, we we, we just want to make the experience enjoyable for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if it's enjoyable for you, you're gonna want to do it more. If you're gonna want to do it more, then we're gonna have more sex, and it's a win win for everybody, right? <laughs> so yeah, from a guy's point of view, I'm happy to support whatever it takes to make that happen. Mm. Um, And I would say, you know, obviously a a really good place to start is looking at many of the things that you mentioned that you may not realize might be having an effect, Mm -hmm. right? So some of the things that you mentioned, you know, hormone treatments and cancer treatments and different uh, things that will basically put your hormones out of balance Mm -hmm. um, can really have a big impact. And so we always have to remember that everything is connected in the body. Mm -hmm. And so if you're having a problem in one area and there doesn't seem to be any any immediate cause that pops into your mind, start looking elsewhere and see where where there might be some connections there. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like you mentioned, there are some things that you can do, physical things that you can do for yourself to help ease the pain and make it better. And then I loved the part that you brought in about um, the mindset. And one, one thing I loved about this question was 
the was the part where you know she basically says um, that she's switched from hating her pussy uh, for hurting her, um, and now she's basically loving her pussy to, mm-hmm. to kind of sum it up. And really, that's a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it really is um, making that mind set change and really loving who you are. And you know, we we see this from time to time with both men and women, but I think it happens a little bit more with women, which is this sort of almost not wanting to be a woman or not being happy being, you know, a woman mm-hmm. because oh, it's hard or it's this or that or I have to deal with with, you know, cycles and periods and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have seen is that all of the women that I know that have truly embraced being feminine, that actually love being feminine, you know, like, like you say to me all the time, you're like, I love being a woman. <laughs> like, you know, when Celine talks about what it's like to be a woman, you really get a feeling in a sense that she wouldn't want it any other way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where we all need to get to. We need to get to that point where if we're a woman, we look at ourselves and, and being a woman and think, I wouldn't want to be anything other than a woman. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a guy, same way. Like, this is how I feel about being a guy. Like, I love that you love being a woman, but there's no part of me that ever thinks, oh, I wish I was a woman. <laughs> like, I love being a dude, mm-hmm. and I love doing the things that, that dudes do. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, you know guy stuff like mm-hmm. whatever but but I love it like I love doing guy stuff mm-hmm. and so I just think that that's a big part mm-hmm. of really really loving the body that you're in mm-hmm. for what it is and embracing yeah. it and I love that and you know I know your question Tatiana here was also how to feel more feminine and I'm like okay maybe your pussy is not working the way you want it to or supposed to but you have breasts like you know, I teach uh, the breast massage. I have a whole online course on that. Like this is something that opens up your heart, that makes you love yourself more, that rebalances your hormones. So it's like it's got so many benefits there. It reduces pain. Exactly. So it's like, okay, maybe find other ways. And what does it mean for you to be feminine? Like for me, to be a woman is all about creating beauty wherever I go. It's about um, it's about being in nature, creating connection. It's about being uh, like, like a nurturer and creating good food for us. So so there's not one definition of what being a woman really is. And so you need to find that for yourself. What makes you feel feminine? What are the activities that make you feel turned on and fully in your body like a woman? Make a list of these things and do those regularly. Absolutely. So thank you so much for that question. And we really hope that was helpful. Mm-hmm. But it is time to move on <laughs> to our next question okay. from listener Tara. So she says, I've been dating and have experienced a weird experience. I've been with several men who operate from this mindset of what feels to me like taking because they really want it. Instead of asking, they are just doing. They don't ask to go to certain zones of my body. Why do people not stop and ask permission or check in? Are they just so focused or desperate to get what they want? Or is it just a really different way of thinking? Okay. See, we, we love this question because it's one that we talk about a lot because it's one that we see and experience a lot. So 
<laughs> where should we start with this one? <laughs> all right, I know where to start. First of all, most of the men who think that they're givers are actually takers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, whether you're men or women, and you've been in this experience, we're like, oh, I'm giving. And when you're giving, you're actually thinking of what you can get through that giving. Basically, you're taking. <laughs> and as a woman, I think every woman listening, and that includes Stara here, when you touch us with that intention of I'm touching her and stroking her this way because I want to get to her pussy, I want to do this and that, we feel it. And it's not a place where we feel comfortable or want to surrender. We feel like we have to guard ourselves. But it's even more subtle than that. Because it's one thing to say, I'm touching you here because I eventually want to get to your pussy, mm. right? Like, so that's one level, but that's a much more upfront level. Mm. What we see a lot with people are these guys who say, you know, I'm just a giver. I'm just a giver. All I want to do is I want to massage a woman. I want to go down on her. I want to like, you know, just give, 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 give. And so they actually think that they're giving. But the reality is, is that while they're giving, they're actually energetically taking. Mm -hmm. And the giving is just a way for them to basically steal energy. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, that's huge. That's and, they're, huge. and most of them aren't even aware of that. They don't yeah. even realize that they're doing that. So if you're... And I'm not saying that you can't receive pleasure from giving to a woman. But if the whole reason why you're giving to her is solely so that you can get off, then you're a taker. You're a taker. It's as simple as that. Because yes, there's a part of it that's enjoyable. I love when I get to give you a massage and touch parts of your body. For sure, that's enjoyable. But I'm also doing it for you because you love it, because it's enjoyable for you, mm -hmm. because it allows you to relax, because it turns you on. Mm -hmm. And so you're watching too. So the thing is like, you're not just touching and doing what you like or the free moves you learned because you took that course. No, you're like watching, oh, how is she reacting? Oh, maybe she wants less pressure or like really like just paying attention. Or if she's like, oh, I'm done, you're not going to continue. Or if she's like... Um, moving her body in the other direction or pulling away, like you're not going to keep pushing forward. You might just be like, what do you need? What do you want? Like, you know, might take a pause and listen, you know, so that's, that's very different. I think, I think this concept of I'm a giver, even though they're really taking is sort of a, it's a, a sort of a new age way of being like sort of the old man. Right, mm. the, the old, you know, sort of macho asshole, mm -hmm. masculine who is just like, all right, I'm going to have sex with you right now, you know, and just is like very obviously taking. Mm -hmm. This is pretty much the same thing, mm -hmm. but with a new shiny wrapper around it mm -hmm. that is harder to see. It's more subtle. It's true. But it's kind of the same thing. And so one thing about that question, too, that I find is interesting is about like, okay, so... I know it's really tough for you guys in the dating scene because with the whole Me Too movement and feminism, I mean, it's like, wow, how do I behave? And we will do a full episode on how to be a masculine guy without being a macho asshole. Uh, it's coming, so stay tuned. But we'll, we'll just dive in a little bit right now for this uh, remaining few minutes that we have because 
we want you to take initiative. We want you to take the lead because that's beautiful and sexy and, and it's attractive. And we also want you to pay attention. And just because we are open to receiving touch doesn't mean we want touch all over our bodies. And you got to remember that for a guy, often it's like, let's go to the cock first and then we can spread the energy to the whole body and then we get into our hearts and that's awesome. For us women, it's reversed. It's not that ball's eyes where it's like, like penis, we go to that and then everything like flows from there. You actually need to bring the energy from the entire body towards that middle, which is the, 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 the pussy and the genitals, but you don't want to go there first. Actually, go there last. Yeah, don't go straight for the genitals. No, exactly. That doesn't work well for women. No. And, you know, it is nice, like especially in your relationship. And it's not like... I got to ask my mama's permission. Like, may I touch you? Hey, may I touch you there? But it kind of like, does it like, does this feel good to you? Um, or like, can I move my hand uh, forward or like something like that? It could be sexy. Yeah. Th- this is actually kind of funny, right? Because in, in circles where consent is a big thing, like say swingers or poly or sex parties or things like that, like there's a whole consent culture, uh-huh. right? And this is great. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about that at all. I love the fact that people are actually out there teaching what consent is mm-hmm. and how to do it properly. But it's almost gotten so far in certain circles <laughs> to the extreme that literally a guy would be like, can I touch your hand? Can I touch your wrist? Can I touch your forearm? Can I touch your elbow? Okay, now right. just grab my arm. <laughs> yeah, right? So that, that, that's kind of the thing. So you, you got to find the balance in there of, of uh, asking appropriately mm-hmm. um, and then not just overdoing it with like, can I touch this hair? Can I touch that hair? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. yes, you can run your fingers through my hair. You yes. Know? <laughs> and so I think ultimately what I'd say as a, as a cool thing here to wrap this up for you, Tara, is like gets very clear on what are like you things that you are totally open to on your first date, which ones you're not. And actually have that discussion with the guy before you even get to any of the uh, touching part. And really set the boundaries and be like, this is what I'm, I'm a total yes to kissing and, and dry humping and do all this. I don't want to be touched on my underwear. I don't want to take off my underwear. Like whatever that is for you, like really lay it out. Um, and then you got to let it go because also you got to be able to surrender and receive, really be in your feminine. You can't be constantly controlling as like, oh, is he doing it right? Is that exactly how I want it? Like, you know, sure. I mean, if it's the first time you're getting together, he may not know everything about your body yet and that's fine and just be like you know give him permission to maybe mess it up a little bit uh, but be playful about it but really like get into that place of receiving him fully and giving like trusting him trusting that he's got your best interests in mind so basically it's know what you want set firm boundaries stick to the boundaries and then let them go and if he makes mistakes in the beginning it's okay (laughs) if he continues to make the same mistakes over and over and over again then you need to really be firm with the boundaries and if he won't respect the boundaries you let him go (laughs) yeah (laughs) so pick better man (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we hope that this was helpful. 
Uh, we sure had a lot of fun and we love your questions. So keep them coming. Uh, you can email us anytime support at the love lab podcast. If you go into the show notes here, uh, you'll have the direct email. You can go also on our, um, on our website. There's a form. So always will work to us. Uh, send us your questions. We love them. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will see you next time. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>